Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Access and Communications with Avalon Healing Center. My name is Sharon, and I'm the Access Coordinator. And my name is Katie Smith. I'm the Director of Communications. Yes, and today we have a special treat. We have Meredith, who is our human trafficking specialist. We're going to talk a bit about human trafficking, um, what who Meredith is, what Meredith does here. We're going to have some, I don't want to say fun facts, but we're going to have some facts about human trafficking. And... Um, in our department, but I'm gonna let Meredith talk about the human trafficking department because that's a real treat, and um, we have some really great news that that just came about with our human trafficking department. So, Meredith, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Meredith Bachman. I'm excited to be here talking with all of you today. Um, like Sharon said, I am a human trafficking specialist here at Avalon. Um, and we recently were awarded some federal grant money from um, OVC, and that has allowed us to expand our trafficking program. Um, so we have even been able to hire two more human trafficking specialists, and we're in the process of building out a more formal case management program for survivors of trafficking in the area. Sweet. Well, actually, your role just changed to coordinator, correct? Yes. So I will be, um, in addition to serving clients and, and doing our normal first response, um, I will also be handling some of that uh, data collection and federal grant reporting, all the fun paperwork stuff. <laughs> awesome. So um, I just have a quick question. What got you into human trafficking? Like, what made you want to work with, um, you know, our human trafficking program? Yeah, uh, good question. So I actually got introduced to trafficking um, through academics. So it was actually through a course that I took um, in college that was, it was, it was called History of the Sex Trade Economy, just sort of a random elective that I, I took. Um, and it covered sort of the history of prostitution and trafficking. It was focused on Europe and sort of North Africa and going all the way back to, you know, the Napoleonic Wars and all of that um, up through the 20th century. And so that course I just thought was really fascinating. And it, it really sort of pushed me to think critically about a lot of issues. I mean, when, when you talk about trafficking, it, it just, it sort of sits at an intersection of so many larger societal issues that even allow trafficking to happen, right. For someone to be exploited that way. Um, so I took that class and, and then I went back to, you know, first school my senior year and I had opportunity to sort of do projects and papers that were focused on laws around prostitution specifically, and sort of thinking about how that would impact um, trafficking survivors. So I went to a liberal arts school, so it was sort of, you know, do what you will, explore whatever avenues you want to. So I, I sort of used, I took that and ran, ran with it a little bit. So it was always sort of an academic interest. Um, and then when I, I found myself back in social work school, um, I don't know how many of you out there are social workers, but uh, the way that social work school works is you do a lot of group projects and you have a lot of leeway. So you can kind of, if you're really interested in a particular issue, you can really focus a lot of your studies on one issue. 
Um, so whenever I had the opportunity in grad school as well, I would, would be focused on um, trafficking. And I did have a lot of opportunity to do that because trafficking has sort of, I hate to say it's become trendy, but it, it, it has. It's gotten a lot more attention mm -hmm. in recent years. Um, so I, you know, I just had sort of studied the history and then found myself in social work. So when I saw, I, I honestly didn't, I couldn't believe that I would find um, a position that I was so excited about that was specifically with um, trafficking. And, you know, I had to jump at it when I, when I could. Nice. Yeah, I want to ask you something. So, we know what human trafficking is, but when I when I go out in the community and people talk about human trafficking, it's always that white man thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the white van. You know, at one point I know people were following white vans around mm -hmm. and kind of harassing people with that. And and we know that it's so much more involved in that, even where people are trafficked out of their homes, mm -hmm. living with their parents. So if you can just tell us. A little bit more about what trafficking is instead of what we think about just the yeah. white van. Yeah, the white van is huge, and that's <laughs> all over social media. You know, whether it's the white van or um, the zip ties on your windshield or whatever, there are all of these um, ideas that spread like wildfire because that's that's scary you know if you're thinking about people being snatched up it's like of course we want to alert everyone we love and know to, to prevent this um but the truth of it is that human trafficking is a lot more nuanced than that um and it's a it's a business like at the end of the day it is the second most profitable illegal business second only to drugs and arms dealing um and it's not a very good business model to be snatching people off the street because um, someone's going to come looking for them. Right. You know, um, it's much. And if you're snatching someone off the street, they're probably going to try to run away. Um, the way that trafficking often happens is a lot more subtle and you're dealing with people who are often sort of overlooked and disregarded. And then a trafficker can kind of finesse their way in and fill those needs, whether they be um, like material and physical or whether they're just emotional um, and sort of create a bond with their victim. And then from there, it, it can turn to something exploitative. So I just read that um, Michigan is ranked 10th um, in all of the states around um, the highest level of human trafficking cases in the country. That's the 10th state. Why do you think that that is? Um, yeah, I mean, numbers are tough when we're, anytime we talk about trafficking data, of course, because it is illegal. <laughs> there's no real systematic reporting of this kind of thing. And there's not a super um, consistent understanding of what trafficking actually is. So anytime we're talking about numbers, you know, you always want to sort of take those with a grain of salt. but there definitely is a lot of trafficking in the area, um, especially around Detroit. And I think a lot of that has to do with proximity to borders. Um, it has to do with highways and like major through routes going around, um, particularly between, you know, Detroit and Toledo and then sort of across 94 between Detroit and Chicago. Those are pretty common, um, 
corridors. Um, and then, you know, we're also, we're a big state and anywhere that there are people there, there is going to be trafficking. Um, I think too, when you talk about Detroit specifically and things that would make people vulnerable to trafficking, I mean, those are high level issues that affect anyone, anyone in the area. So, you know, just sort of basic underfunded schools, community violence, any of that can contribute. And that's certainly, it's no secret that Detroit has been dealing with these kinds of issues for a long time. Um, what advice, because I know um, when you go to different church groups or different community organizations, um, a lot of people have a lot of questions about what to do to keep kids safe, because I don't think people realize how vulnerable they are especially with social media and, and things like that, what advice would you give to parents when it comes to human trafficking and their kids? Yeah, um, the social media piece is huge and I can talk more about that in a second, but I think really the number one thing, I mean, the number one protective factor for any child, just to protect them from violence later on, whether that's you know trafficking or gangs or drugs, whatever it may be, the number one protective factor is just having one single consistent supportive adult in their life just some some adult telling them you're valuable you matter i care about you i love you really just basically building up that self-esteem um because uh low self-esteem is one of the biggest things that can can make kids or anyone it doesn't have to be kids mm -hmm. um vulnerable to to traffickers um, and social media has definitely made their jobs easier. Um, a lot of trafficking and like recruitment and that sort of thing can happen on apps that I, I have on my phone, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, um, all of those. So as far as internet safety, I mean, there are tangible things that you can do, like never, never share your location, make sure all of your profiles are private. Um, in a lot of apps to not share your location, you actually have to go into the settings and change that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of having conversations with kids around um, boundaries and relationships, you know, don't, don't accept the message from that 25 year old man you don't know when you're 14, mm -hmm. you know, like that's, and it, it, it it happens where a lot of time, you know, young girls especially are looking for that kind of validation. And if some older man comes along and is sort of, you're so beautiful, you know, charming them, it's hard not to engage. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I have a question, another question, because there's another form of um, human trafficking that we don't really talk about. Mm -hmm. And that's the, uh, what is it, the workforce? Labor trafficking. Yeah, labor trafficking. Yeah. Yeah, labor trafficking, um, actually in the grand scheme of the trafficking world, um, makes up more of it. Um, it's not something that is glamorized as much, um, or talked about as much, but it is very, very much still an issue. Um, in Michigan, um, I, if I'm remembering this correctly from the Polaris data, which, um, by the way, Polaris is the, um, they run the National Human Trafficking Hotline, and they're sort of the go-to for all of the data 
um, around trafficking. And and they publish a lot of good reports. So if you ever want more information, check out their website, polaris.org. Um, and so they release reports every year based on the data that they collect. And in Michigan, um, the number one form of trafficking that they had data on was actually um, domestic servitude. Um, so often when we think about labor trafficking, we think about like factories and faraway places where people aren't getting paid or, you know, someone being chained to a sewing machine. And, and that happens here. It does. Um, we also see a lot of um, migrant workers who are exploited and end up in trafficking situations. Um, but but that domestic servitude piece is is something that people don't often think about with trafficking, but it, it is very much, um, very much a part of that landscape. So um, I'm just curious um, with this new being able to, for Avalon to be able to expand its human trafficking program, what are three main things that you would like to accomplish this year around the human trafficking program? Like what are the three, the biggest things that you want to accomplish? Ooh, good question. Um, well, I mean, the first, uh, the first, I guess, is getting it off the ground, right? Is like getting everything organized and ready to go. Um, start bringing clients in to really um, get that more support that now we're going to be able to offer. Um, and another thing that I would like to see after this year is that I, I would like uh, Avalon to be recognized as a go-to resource. You know, I want people to know that we're here and that we have these services to offer. Um, and you know that we're ready to go and then I, you know i would like us to come out as sort of a leader in the in the anti-trafficking space and and sort of help to consolidate efforts um and another piece that goes along with that just sort of getting our name out there is also doing more community education um because that is so important you know there's so much misinformation around trafficking and and people not knowing what it is. And if you don't know what it is, then you can't recognize it and you can't um, actually step in and help. And um, so why is January important for human trafficking? January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Um, yeah, so there are all sorts of information campaigns and that kind of stuff happening now, which is great, like, you know, everyone getting the word out and getting more and more people talking about trafficking. Um, like, so, I mean, I've seen a few articles like locally come out this month, sort of telling some survivor stories and trying to educate people. And um, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's cool. Well, thank you for all the work that you do. Um, you know, we were super excited when we found out the human trafficking department was expanding. Um, people sometimes, um, <laughs> They don't think that that our jobs will be full-time jobs they're like this is happening so much that you all need a full-time job I'm like yeah more than you know um so i always refer to our staff as superheroes because we kind of get in there and i know you know meredith does her thing and, and um, is involved with a lot of things you know along with the rest of our staff but uh, it's just really good to see our, our organization expand and grow um, it's good to see everybody really wanting our services to be reached to people who don't know about us and really make us more visible in the community. So this is all great. And um, again, this this podcast, this platform is just really to put information out there. 
let people know who we are, connect with people, share information. Um, we're looking for feedback. So Meredith, if anybody may have any questions about human trafficking or, you know, they may need some services or some information, can you share your contact information so they know how to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can always go to our website or call our office. Um, and then if you would like to reach me directly, uh, you can call or text 313-618-1647. That is my work cell. <laughs> um, or you can email me at mbachman at wcsafe.org. And that's B as in boy, A-U-G-H-M-A-N. Um, and I, yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions, talk to anyone, anytime, really. And uh, Meredith, was there anything else that you wanted to say around human trafficking before we wrap up the podcast? Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's so much to say about about trafficking and, and the survivors of trafficking who are really the most resilient and incredible people that I have ever met. Um, I, gosh, I don't even know what to, <laughs> what to say. I, I guess support your people, you know, look out for the, for your neighbors and, and people in your community. Um, be kind to everyone, you know, particularly if you're thinking that someone may be in a situation where they're being exploited, um, you know, treat them with kindness and don't, people always ask like, well, what do I, what do I, what do I say? What do I do? And there's not necessarily a right thing, but you're not going to get anywhere by bossing people around. That's for sure. And that's something that we, we talk about all the time in this work is, you know, meet people where they're at. Um, and that's important because you, you, you don't want to, and, and a lot of time actually with in anti-trafficking, you can sort of end up replicating trafficker dynamics. If you come in and you're very controlling and telling people mm -hmm. what to do and um, taking away someone's autonomy, because that has sort of, that's been their experience. So don't replicate that. Um, and I think also understand that as people are coming out of the life and, and that's, you know, something that's some of the lingo people will often refer to trafficking as, the life or the game. Um, and so as people are coming out, it's a, it's a whole new orientation and readjustment to a completely different life. It, it, it really is. Um, so be patient, look out for each other and be kind. <laughs> One more thing I just wanted to ask um, before you left for people who suspect that someone is being trafficked, you know, people feel like they want to go and save them. Like, what do you, what do you suggest that they do? You're not going to, you're not going to save anyone. They're going to save themselves. Um, and there's a lot of talk about that, you know, rescuing people, saving people. Um, and that's not your job. <laughs> that's yeah. just, it's not. Um, and when we're talking about uh, trafficking, that's also really um, complex trauma. So even if you feel like I want to save someone, 
no one is equipped to just swoop in and, and do that. And that's not, again, that sort of goes back to replicating that sort of controlling trafficking dynamic. Um, so if you do suspect that someone is being exploited or being trafficked, um, you can try to have a conversation about it, frame the conversation around their safety, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what you're most concerned about is, are you going to, are you going to be okay? Are you safe? Um, so having a conversation about safety and then, you know, you can offer resources, but know that if you walk up to someone who you think is being exploited and you sort of come in and say, let me save you, they'll probably tell you to walk right off. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would just sort of, you know, try to be patient, have a conversation about safety and offer resources, but you're not, you're not going to just swoop in and, and save someone. And at, a lot of the time at the end of the day, if, if you find yourself fixated on um, saving someone, there's probably something that you haven't worked out in yourself where you feel the need to um, rescue people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Meredith. Uh, we're going to be talking to you again. Um, Great. You know, human trafficking is, is, is an ongoing discussion. Things change. Um, there's so much information we can't possibly pack it all into this short amount of time, but this is an ongoing conversation we want to have with you and the other staff that are, you know, the human trafficking specialists, just to keep everybody out there updated and also to let you know what we're doing here. So thank you everybody for listening and we uh, hope to hear from you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.